1: Welcome everybody to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields and off to my left here is not Jean Victoria Norlock. Sadly, Jean is out with the flu, the cold, the I, it's definitely cold. It's about I don't know. It was pretty chilly up there in the Appalachians of Canada. 25 degrees yicky, in Fahrenheit. It's minus one or two. Uh, if you were Canadian. And, of course, it's November the 6th, which means it's Election Day here in America. And and Gene uh, would be right there to remind me how little the rest of the world cares about all that. Just tell us who won and get on with it. But uh, as Jeff and I were chatting just before the show, uh, I, I I do have the results up just so that if something shocking happens, like, you know, Big Bird wins, uh that will announce but uh but the state of ohio has changed hands three times four times in the last five ten minutes but they've only counted two percent of the vote there so it it's it's absolutely meaningless so stick with us folks don't don't sit around and watch the returns check in in the morning they'll tell you all about it and for weeks now probably uh so then, without further ado, I will just uh, introduce our guest this evening, uh, author of soon to be released uh, Patriots of Mars, Mr. Jeff Faria.
2: Jeff, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. You know, Election Day is like Groundhog Day. You've seen the movie Groundhog Day, haven't you? You bet. Yeah. See, it's going to be it's going to be Election Day tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after that, and the day after that until we get it right. Now, I I don't know what that's going to constitute getting it right, but but we have to get
1: it right. Oh yeah, and it's, they're talking about it being, you know, neck and neck, down to the wire. Yeah. This could be another one of those where we sue everybody and <laughs> recount and.
2: The lawyers will win. The lawyers yeah. always win.
1: Well, if you look at, you know, like something like ninety-five percent of them up there are lawyers in the Congress and all of that. The lawyers win no matter what.
2: Yeah, that's that, that's really true. Who was it? Um, there was a, a, a PBS science guy, uh, astronomer. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Tyson—that was his name. Yeah, De, DeGrasse Tyson or something like that. Uh, he's, he's very well known. Anyway, he uh, he went on a rant about this uh, somewhere, and uh, I saw a video. He said, "You know, where are the where are the scientists? Where are the, the teachers? Everybody in, in Congress is a lawyer. They're all lawyers."
1: Yeah. And,
2: it, it's true, and it, it you know. Hey, listen, we could talk about you know politics and how bad things. Uh, are.
3: Yeah,
1: and and things aren't nearly as bad as as we tend to make them sound. But I I will at least say I, I reposted a picture of him with a quote uh, about that because I don't think the founding fathers would have ever foreseen professional politicians, much less all of them being lawyers. Their right. whole idea was you know you're a far- farmer, you're a Storekeeper, you're a whatever. You go to Washington for a couple of years and do your duty, and then you go back home and be whoever you were to start with. You just, you know, the, uh, uh, a permanent elite that's up there that runs things. That's kind of what they were trying to get away from, it seems right. to me. But, but, right. but, yeah, you know, that silly me.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they thought it was going to be Mr. Chips goes to Washington. And...
1: Exactly. And that doesn't happen too often.
3: No,
2: that, that very rarely happens. Uh, and, you know, once in a while it, it does seem to happen and it, it doesn't stick. I mean, the, the, the people who find themselves in that situation feel like fish out of water and and we tend to lose them and that's too bad.
1: It is. It is. And, you know, they get informed of how it's going to be. And, 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 of course, the biggest thing to me is the amount of money. Uh, you know, they have elections in other countries and they don't spend this kind of corporate money on it. And, you know, if it takes that kind of money and it takes that amount of time to get reelected, you you know, two years in the House of Representatives, well, you're running for reelection the day you get there. And right. uh, people wonder why they can't get anything done. Well, that's all they ever get done, right. is running for election. So this is their big night. I don't mean to take away from them, but. You know, I, I'd i rather talk about something just way out there. I don't know, Mars or something, <laughs> instead of, you know, Pluto, any, anything. But, well, see, now we can't talk about that because we're not sure whether it's a planet or not. We'll probably have to have a boat. <clears throat> <laughs> but,
2: uh, well, we'll have to talk to the Mars lobby and see what they have to say about it.
1: There you go. Uh, because it does, it sounds like an exciting uh an exciting story and I'm looking forward to hearing about it. But uh I'll do my best to fill in for Jean with her uh her now uh infamous first questions and um uh which would be So Jeff.
2: <laughs> who the hell are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh I don't know if I should go too much into what I what I used to do and yet, you know, what we are is is largely predicated on what we used to be or, or what we what, what brought us to this point and uh, I was always uh, a writer and a designer and uh, I actually did quite a, a few things I uh, I drew cartoons for the National Lampoon and uh, and uh, uh, Bob Guccione when he owned all those dirty magazines I drew cartoons for him too no dirty ones just you know cartoons And um, I also, uh, years ago, which is more germane to the point, because I don't want to go through my whole history, uh, and neither do you, for that matter, Uh, but uh, years ago, I used to um, do um, um, book marketing uh, for some of the big New York City uh, firms, and uh, it was a real eye-opener. If you had asked me then if I wanted to write books, I would have said no, because it was a terrible business to be in Uh, uh, it was great if you were a publisher you would always make money somehow Uh, but if you were a writer it was extremely problematic and and only a few people really did well doing that but the business has now changed and the the methods of uh, marketing the books have changed and uh, this is a real uh, revolution uh, going on Uh, and I'm sure you, you probably have heard that baddied about because Uh, a few uh, few, uh, writers uh, came out of nowhere and made quite a bit of money for themselves. And of course that always makes headlines. So everyone, everyone hears about it, you know, Uh, but I've always been more of a get beneath the surface kind of guy. And uh, I I kind of got beneath the surface of of this and discovered that what you really wanted to do as, as a writer I mean, really, the way to succeed, and part of the reason I'm here—not not just because I like you, although you know I, I do—but uh, the reason I'm doing publicity for myself, and the reason I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all this, is because what you want to do now is, is to make money, is to give your book away. <laughs> That's what you want to do. As strange as that sounds, and people do not believe me, they think they think I'm Mother Teresa giving out giving out books or something. But it actually uh, it works as, as a business model to, to give away a lot of books. And, and that's what I'm going to do. And, and that's why I'm here and uh, on Facebook and so on. And uh, I'm going to give away a bunch of books. And then if I'm right, then I'll, I'll make some money, which is good because I've been noodling around with this book for the past few years. <laughs> I need to start making some money soon. So, so it better work.
1: Oh, I think so. I, I, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of authors uh, do that, uh, particularly when there's a series. Or um, one of our good friends, Veronica Torres, has probably a dozen books now. Uh, she's been channeling for ten years, and and uh, a, a person that she has gotten to know volunteered some years ago to transcribe all of the sessions that had ever been had. So she's got all this material that you can kind of get put together and edited together and you've got a book. So she turns six, eight of them out a year now. And, and her first couple of books, she gave them away left and right. Yeah. And, um, uh, but when it, 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 it really is a time honored marketing tradition. It, it, not so much in books, but in other things of, okay, nobody knows who we are. Let's give them a free one and see if we can't get them started. And, um, uh, but we do talk about it some with Jean being an author. She's got three books out, and, and uh, uh, she gets all in arms occasionally when she's called a self-published author as opposed to a real published author because there's even some people that were big publishing house authors that are now self-publishing because, you know, they say, well, what about that big advance? And they're like, yeah, I've had big advances that we never made back, and it's, you know... Uh, not that different sometimes uh and and some have put books up for 99 cents and gone on to sell a million dollars worth of them so uh
2: publishing publishing uh the big publishers got to where they are today because they became essentially a a, a cartel uh in other words what they had uh it, it wasn't the editors and it wasn't a relationship with the printer and it was in relationship with a cover designer, all that stuff, an author, if he was determined to get himself. But, but the, the one thing that they had that an author couldn't get for himself was a relationship with a bookstore. Well, let's say you're an author and you're an independent author and you go to a bookstore and you want them to sell your books. Well, so they have to balance your interests and and their relationship with you against this big publisher and all the other publishers, for that matter, and all the books they're going to sell and all the services they're going to get and all the displays and, and all the publicity. I mean, to whatever extent they'll do it, but they will do something. And they have to balance that against you, and you're always going to lose. They essentially closed off the market. To an independent uh, author, and and this is how you got the um, the, the the whole vanity publishing wrap uh, 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 on on people, uh, where if they if they went to go publish themselves, it's like well you know you're not important enough to uh, get an actual publisher, but actually lately uh, I've heard people talk, and I, I actually believe this to be the case that the real vanity publisher now is, is the, the traditional publisher, the Simon and Schuster and so on, because the author goes to them because they don't have the wherewithal to do it themselves. So we've, for some people have acquired the, the, the mindset where this whole thing is turned around for them. And even if it hasn't, even if there's still a stigma for, for what I'm doing, what Gene does and what a lot of people are doing these days, I don't care because this is the way you're going to make a living. Otherwise, you're going to have to carry a whole publisher on your back before you can make any money. And that's just the reality of it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because they 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 might put out, you know, say, and I'm just pulling numbers out of the air and they're not anywhere near accurate. But let's say they publish 20, what they're thinking are A titles this year and – you know, four of them do really well and the other 16 flop. Well, you got to carry all 16 of those flops if you're another author with their house. Right. And um, um, some of the last I see to come along, she wrote an article uh, a, a bit ago. She got turned down for a grant uh, that she was seeking because she was with a vanity publishing house as opposed to being a published author. And, um, and it made her furious. And um, uh, she gets a little soapboxy. We both do. We're in radio. We like to talk. And um, Thanks. the but um, she brought up she's with uh, Brian Kennard, um and his wife Laura and their little publishing house and they've got university professors and and, and people that are publishing over there now because they want to control their book. They want to control the editing. They um, we have dear friend uh, William Peters, uh, also known as Just Bill, uh, who runs uh, Inner Child Publishing uh, for much the same reason. He, uh, you know, two two main things. He believes authors should have the final say-so about their children, so to speak, um, because it really is sort of like turning loose your child into the world, and and you don't want people to mess with it, and... Um, he also is not a believer in printing up cases and cases and cases of books to have sit around somewhere and hope they sell. He likes the print on demand model for, uh, you know, he like me, I, I like a book. I have a Kindle, I have an iPad, um, both, uh, I used to be a computer tech and they used to give, give away that kind of stuff to us. So I was lucky enough to get a couple, but, um, and i and i have used my the the kindle's not too bad cuz you it's light enough and small enough you can kind of hold it like a book but but it doesn't smell like a book it doesn't it it just i have a thing about books and maybe it's just cuz i'm old but uh, the print on demand model people that want a book can have a book and people that want an ebook can have an ebook and uh but but you don't have to either as a publisher or as an author or you know, publish 500 cases of books, and then what do you do with them? Right.
2: I I think that um, for somebody like me who – I mean, I made my living writing for other people for years, so I I never made a name for myself. I always felt like uh, you were not the story. You were making someone else the story, and that that was the nature of my business for a long time. Uh, So for someone like me who has to start from sort of scratch, I I think that there is a a model to follow now. And I think that it's somewhat similar to uh, the way a movie is released. You think about the way a movie is is released today. You come out in the theater and it's not there for very long. Even a big movie is not there for very long, maybe, you know, three months, maybe five months. And then it's out of the theater. And then the first place it goes, it goes to... um, see what is the first way probably it's probably a d v. d first so you go to d v. d. blu ray first and then you um then you go to uh, uh cable t v you go to h b o or something like that and then you'll go to um uh, other cable that, that's not paid cable you go to free cable i guess and uh, or you go to network uh, and eventually you work your way down to the affiliate level and, and you work your way down to the bargain bin. And and, and, and but this is the business model. You, you, you start at one place and you come out with different iterations of the same product that are designed for different slots. And so for a book, uh, I mean, the way I see it anyway, I, I know everyone doesn't agree, but this is my model. We'll see if it works. Uh, is you 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 do the the Amazon thing first. You do the the, the free Amazon thing, and uh, my free Amazon thing will be five days in a row, and then for three months just Amazon gets it by themselves, and uh, and you hope that they notice the book because uh, people have downloaded it for free. That that's the whole point of downloading it for free. Uh, and then if Amazon notices that, if you if you move the needle more than the next guy. Uh, then they will put their own marketing muscle behind it. And that is what you really want at, at, at this point. So you've got Amazon uh, marketing your ebook for you and helping you. And you do this for about three months. And then you look at it and you say, okay, it, it looks like, you know, we did well enough that we're going to, we'll, we'll do the paper book thing next. And, and you do the, the paper book thing. And, and then you expand beyond Amazon. You go to Barnes & Noble and you go to Apple. Apple actually is underrated as, as a bookseller. I think Apple is going to do really well because you know, Apple is the world's biggest company. And, uh, and they can do it if they want to. And they do seem to be interested in the book thing. Uh, plus, the other thing that you've got going on right now with the books, I mean, this is actually a great time to be an author if you're willing to, to do the work. Uh, and uh, I don't mean just write the book. I mean that's, <laughs> that's a fraction of it. But to to do the marketing work. Uh, and and one of the one of the things that's going on right now is that Apple has just released uh, a new Kindle size uh, iPad uh, that is um, they're selling it out. I mean they 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 can't make them fast enough. And Amazon has done the same thing with with Kindles. They've released several new uh, Kindle versions. They sold them out to They're supposed to be uh, restocking them this month. And uh, what we've seen in the brief history of these devices is when people buy one of these devices, the first thing they do is they want to fill it up. And if it's a Kindle, you've got to fill it up with books because that's pretty much all a Kindle Kindle does. If you get an iPad, you can put apps on it, you can put other things, but you'll put books on it too. So here we are coming into the Christmas season. And I'm coming out with an e-book and I've got all this, there's all this tailwind for me. If, if I don't do well, then it's got to be me. I mean, it's just, it's got to be my fault.
1: Well, there's something to be said for that because, uh, uh, you know, I've often felt there were good books, good movies, good things that just didn't get the backing, say from a studio or, uh, uh, publishing house uh, or uh studio picked them up. But then for whatever reason, they had something else that was a bigger blip on the radar. So they just cut the marketing budget yeah. and, and that can kill a good movie. You yeah. know, you, you've got to at least get somehow out in front of some people's faces. And, um, uh, uh, I've been watching, uh, uh, Bill, he's actually up there in New Jersey as well, uh, with his publishing company. And, uh, uh, I remember when it was they had a few books and they had bill's books and and uh and now they've just got authors coming from all over the place and and uh, uh he's got author services he's got a lot of other stuff he's doing you know adding been adding on to it but uh um, but that's been the successful thing is is you you market on he's got a radio show he's got several of them and you know so he's got a relationship with an audience he got an outlet where he can bring his authors on to talk to him. He's got good friends that have radio shows like mine and he gets his authors to come on um if we like them. Um I mean, gets his authors to come on. Right. And uh, uh so it is it's interesting. It's almost the democratization of publishing they, some people have called it. And uh, really you know, cuz it did. You you used to it didn't really matter the book it uh, the material it was whether you could get it through the the little inner circle of the big publishers and
2: uh oh yeah and even if you uh even if you engaged a, a publisher's uh, interest uh you also take on all their baggage i mean if they have some other book that comes up that uh you know it's the the publisher's wife has come out with some book or something and 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 they're just going to you know suck up some of those resources uh, that might have gone to you, or or they're going to bump you down the schedule when you thought you were going to get released, and uh, there's just all kinds of you take on headaches. I mean, you you don't just get secure, so they, that, that's why they go to. Publish.
1: Yeah, well, and some of it I'm sure is hard to, uh, hard to necessarily blame the publishing houses uh, for. You know, I mean, you schedule somebody's book for release and. Stephen King calls up and says, "Hey, I just finished the book. I want to turn it loose and it well, you know they're they're going with the the proven horse, yeah, oh yeah, that's right,
2: but if, and so this this is what you've got to do is you've you've got to self publish or you've got to be Steve the publisher will do what you want anyway, you're right K. K. R-
1: in fact, uh Bill Bill says he was going to stop in sometime this evening. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll see him. Maybe he'll call up and chat with us. But, uh, uh, it's been a, it's been kind of interesting to watch that evolution and, uh, and see it a little bit from both sides. Cause I hear from Jane a lot about the author side. And, uh, uh, and of course she's Brian Kennard over at grave distractions, publications, and, uh, um, he's much the same way. He'll give you all the advice that you want, but he won't do anything unless you say do it. And, uh, uh, and then we have, uh, I guess last Thursday, we had Jerry Hearn from Joy Media self-publishing on. And uh, and she has been, you know, a career in network news. She's been a news writer and producer uh, and for big national outlets, even. And uh, she wanted a self-publishing deal uh, so that she could allow she it was less about she wanted control over her books she wanted to be able to allow people control over their books as well so right right
2: well you know with with me you know i'm I'm always i i don't even know which hat i've got on half the time a, a lot of times i'm wearing the author hat and i'm sitting in and, and i'm writing and then then i know i'm i'm the author okay and uh, for a little while, I was the book cover designer. I had designed book cover. I got that done. All the rest of the time, I'm, I'm actually being the publisher. I mean, I'm, I'm the publisher now. I'm, I'm looking at, at, at the world in terms of all the marketing I have to do so that you do get seen. Uh, but but here's the thing: I, I, I really need to be seen. Not so much that I need to be seen by you or, or the people on Facebook and people. Are all, I, I do want to be, but I don't expect you, right, to sell my book. I don't expect the people on Facebook to sell it, oh, to buy it for that matter. What I expect them to do is just is just go over to Amazon and, and take my book for free. It's Amazon that I want. It's Amazon that I want to notice because Amazon has has gone through this this incredible evolution where they started out being an online bookseller because that was the easiest thing for them to deal with sort of moving sideways into DVDs and CDs and stuff like that. And then into garden tools and esoteric stuff. And they've come all the way around back to books, but they're not a bookseller anymore. They are, they do. They obviously sell books and you can go, you can go buy books, but what they are is the world's largest publisher. That's what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, publishing my book for the sake of the world's largest publisher so they could take heed of me. And I'm, right now, all I can do is just try to get out of the slush pile. Because there's a, a giant slush pile. There's going to be something like 350,000 books released this year uh, to, to Amazon. Can you imagine? I can, I can barely keep up with a 1,000 Facebook friends, let alone 350,000 books.
1: That's Ooh. almost 1,000 books a day. What was that? I said that's almost 1,000 books a day for a year. That's right. That's right. It's just about, just about that.
2: And who knows? It might be, it might be more. That's what's projected uh, based on the increase from last year and the year before. Uh, but that's probably uh, about right. It's a staggering amount. And people, people who want to write and just have those blinders on and, and don't see the, the larger picture don't realize that what they have to do to be seen but the good news is that if i went to a publisher that had that big a slush pile you'd never hear from me again i mean i'd never get published that way but amazon has the the, the mechanical turk of of uh, slush piles uh, you know about amazon's mechanical turk
1: um no i'm that term cut me off mechanical turk
2: uh, the Mechanical uh, Turk. Uh, they, they, they took the name. Amazon uh, uh, took the name uh, based on a uh, a device from the late uh, 1700s, uh, where this fellow made this o- o- illusion, and the illusion was that th- there was this robot man who could play chess. And of course, it wasn't really. There was a little midget inside who could, uh, you know, direct the, the robot's hand. But um, they set up this contraption so that you couldn't see the midget. He would open up they, they, he's, he's like doing this from behind a box and they would open up the box, You, you would see gears and so on. And so the idea of the, the mechanical Turk was appropriated by, by Amazon. In other words, mechanical Turk seems to be one thing, but really is being operated by something else. And Amazon took that idea and they said, well, we're connected to all these people who who buy products from us. Uh, and those people have skills and and we've got the network why don't we use it for something else besides selling stuff let's 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 uh sell services and uh so what they did was they set up the mechanical Turk so that if you needed some task done and and it, it was a, a task that you wish your computer could do but it can't like choosing colors or differentiating colors or putting colors together or stuff that required a human judgment. It doesn't require a lot of judgment, but it requires a little judgment. And if you put a lot of people together to do it, you would get a good result. This is what the Amazon Mechanical Turk does. And there are people who who need this kind of services. They've done fairly well with it. So they've been been running this Mechanical Turk service for years. And then they, they said to themselves one day, well, wait a minute, what if, we took the Mechanical Turk and did something similar, except with with books. Now we have to have something that people can read the book on that's that's not a computer, something that's cheap and and easy. So we'll, we'll 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 have people make that, but we also need somebody. We we need the Mechanical Turk of the slush pile. How do we do that? And they they figured it out. And and what they did was they 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 created this. Um, uh this this concept that a lot of authors have bought into although i don't think they understand it but the concept is this you 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 take um uh, an exclusive deal with with amazon for three months and and with that exclusive deal you get five free days where they will distribute your your book for free they really encourage you to do that and they also have the um uh the amazon prime. Where if you're on Amazon Prime, you you pay them uh, like $70 a year for certain services, and uh, one of the services is you get this library of books. All all people like me who are engaging in this program. What does all that mean? What's what's the value of that to me? Well, the free books are what fuel the, the mechanical Turk of the slush pile. In other words... What motivation do I have as a, an Amazon customer, as a reader, to go through this slush file? Well, it's free. Okay, well, it's free. So if I see a cover I like, I'll take it, and maybe I'll read it. And uh, so you 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 put your book in the flush file, and maybe uh, if you really promote it heavily, uh, you might get mm, twenty or thirty thousand people to download your book, and maybe a third of them will read it if if you do well. That would be a pretty good result. Then out of those maybe 10,000 or so, uh, a few thousand might write a review. Well, all of a sudden you've got 10,000 people who've read your book and maybe will talk about it a little bit. Uh, a, a lesser number who not only will talk about it, but they'll, they'll write a review uh, about it. Uh, And plus you've got all those people uh, from uh, Amazon Prime who have gotten your book for free and and they're inclined, you know, some of them to to write about it too. Well, all of a sudden you've got the the base for an audience. Now, you haven't made a dime yet, but but you do have the base for an audience and they will talk. And this is the thing. This is the holy grail. You want people to talk about your product, whatever it is. If it's a a movie, if it's... If it's a book you want people to talk about it, and this is what the 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 Amazon Mechanical Turk of of uh, slush piles will do. But not only that, not just it doesn't stop there. There is more, right? Like they say in the commercials, there's more to it. Because if you if you've got that, you've built that that base. Amazon is looking at all the books all the time in in a computer kind of way. They they don't. You know, the, the the big machine doesn't understand the book. They don't care if it's good. They don't care if it's good. What they care about is that it's making noise on their system. And right now they've noticed that your book has gotten, uh, like, let's say, 30,000 free downloads, whereas all the other books have gotten an average of 1,000 free do- downloads or 5,000 or whatever it is, but you're above the mean. So now... You're Amazon, and you've got all these customers. You've got like the biggest credit card database in the world. And uh, and, and you, you want to maximize that, you know, for, for shareholder value. And so Jeff Bezos doesn't run out of things to spend money on. So you, um, you send people ads. And you probably bought things on Amazon. And you, you get the thing from Amazon that says, people who bought what you bought also bought this. And that's the basic Amazon ad. And so if your book has, has moved the needle for them, then even though, you know, you didn't schmooze anybody, you didn't go to the right party, you didn't know the right people, just because from dint of hard work and because maybe you've got a, even a decent book, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case, maybe you just did marketing, but, but maybe you've got a decent book, they will take a flyer on you and market you a little bit. Like that, just like I, I said, and if that outperforms other people that they do that for, then they'll give you more marketing and, and higher marketing, and this goes higher and higher until you reach the, the level at Amazon where they have actually set up their own imprints, and then you get a, a knock on the door and and they say, "Hello, we're Amazon, and we have noticed that your book's doing quite well now. Would you like to go for what's behind door number three? Because you've got door number two and you've got like, you know, the $10,000 locked up. But there might be, you know, a brand new car or something over here behind door number three. And we'll tell you what we're going to do. If you take a cut on commission, because you do have to do that with them. But if you, if you take a cut on commission, you make less per book. We will sell a lot more books and you will make a lot more money. And, and you can sign this contract here for X number of months which is actually a much better deal than you're going to get a pu- with a publisher because with a publisher, they want to own it forever or they want the movie rights or whatever. Amazon just, you know, is, is, trying to, is trying to sell more stuff. So th- this, is, this is kind of the path that, that they offer, and it's all a uh, meritocracy, uh, really. Uh, I mean, if it's not a meritocracy for the book itself, it certainly is a meritocracy for the marketing. Now, I have to ask you something, because the, the nature of Skype is that I, I, I don't hear any grunts back or anything like that, or maybe you're just terribly polite. Well, the,
1: the, the other nature of it is I put myself on mute often. Yeah, well, that, 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 that makes sense. And tonight, we're also seem to have, an, uh, if there's a little too much background noise from over here, I can't hear you. Uh, it, you, you break in and out, so I'm, it's just oh. that I'm on mute. I'll, I'll flip myself on to giggle once in a while. Uh, when there's something funny. Um, but I'm thrilled that you've kind of laid that out for folks because I'm going to uh, request all of our author friends and self-publisher friends and everybody listen to it because that is probably the best concise description of how it is that the Amazon machine functions and 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 how as an author uh, that wants to get your book out there uh, or wants to make money or whatever is your reasoning uh, that you can utilize that machine because like any machine, if you know how it works, you can use it to your advantage and and they do. They Every time I if I just go to Amazon.com if I don't click on a product link, if I just go, I get a whole page of Richard, we have new recommendations for you and and you know, sure, sometimes it's obvious things, like you've bought one of uh, Stephen King's books, and there's another one that they're going to throw at you. But then they'll throw somebody else that they've noticed strictly through, like you said, raw, you know, the big data, they call it in in, in, in computing, but that their computer noticed that a lot of people that have bought five Stephen King books have also downloaded all of Jeff's books. So, all of a sudden they'll throw Jess book at me and and uh, uh and particularly if you shine with them they will they will do uh, uh everything in their power to push it and uh and you're right they won't they're they're not so interested in owning things forever they just you know okay for the next 3 months we're going to get as many vacations for Jeff Bezos as we can off this book and then you can do whatever you want have a, you know, and, and, um, um, but that's, that can be an advantageous model. And I've seen some friends that have worked it really well, and I've seen some friends that haven't worked it well at all. And, and like you said, with that many books, whether you go through Amazon Self Publishing, which you can just go to Amazon and put in self publishing, and they'll give you all the information you need to format your own ebook and put it up there. Um, uh, or you go with a a self publishing house that can help you with layout and cover design and that sort of thing or or you even had a publisher uh the publisher's books, unless they're paying for some placement, they get placed the same way that your book does if mm-hmm. amazon's if amazon's computer says this person fits the profile of people that like Jeff Ferrier's book, they're gonna see it um and um uh, and that tremendous mountain slush pile, uh, we could call it other piles probably, of books, you know, <laughs> it's worse than the resume mystery, you know. There, there's, nobody's ever going to see it except your, you know, relatives and ten friends. And um, uh, uh, I've also noticed, too, they've cut up their book thing into so many different divisions now, not divisions but subject and sub and subcategory subject that uh, that you can have you know a thousand downloads of your book and be number three in a certain category and you can market that to people
2: that's right, that's right. well let me let me just because it, it I can give you a little perspective on how powerful this can get when you start to reach the, the top levels assuming you fight your way you know you fight your way out of the slush pile. You, you get into this sort of mid-range author stuff but at the top this is how powerful it is now of course you know J.K. Rowling and she wrote Harry Potter and made it a zillion dollars and she makes more than the queen and the queen is not happy about this and uh, but but she was going to she was going to go ebook because as it happened when she released her her paper books nobody cared about ebooks so she retained all the rights for herself so she was just going to release these e-books, but but she, but she knew she she had to do some kind of uh, a, a marketing, even though you know well, God knows why, but, but but she figured she did, and so she created Pottermore, and this, this got her you know like another ton of publicity, as if as if having a theme park was not quite enough, you know she she uh, uh, got herself Pottermore, and and uh, and uh, and she was just going to blanket the world with these with these e-books and she was going to sell them just on Pottermore. On that, was, that was going to be it. Well, Amazon got a hold of Ms. Rowling and said, you know, you got a good book there, and you've got a good product, and I, we think you're going to sell a lot, but we think you would do better than us. And, and they got her a deal that she could not refuse. Can you imagine that? Somebody could get J.K. Rowling more publicity than she could get for herself with with 10 billion movies and more money than The Queen and Pottermore and and an amusement park with another amusement park that they're building next door. Because the first amusement park apparently was just not enough to meet the demand. And and yet Amazon could do better than that. I, I, I want Jeff Bezos to be my friend
1: oh absolutely and and because they're everywhere and uh i mean I'm one of their affiliates and but it's not just amazon it's amazon amazon u k amazon a u amazon d e amazon they're everywhere and and in all those places, besides the fact that they're in those places like uh bookstores might be, they have that tremendous database of you know, if you've been shopping with Amazon for five years, they've got five years of everything that you bought, when you bought it, what was for sale, when it was for sale. And you say, well, nobody could look at all that. Well, they, they don't. The computer does. And, and that's why you say it's kind of – it almost doesn't matter whether it's – to some extent, whether it's a good book, uh, you know, to get at least halfway up their marketing mountain, all you got to do is just blip on their computer screen. Right.
2: Right. That's right. That's right. And uh, and I I think that I, I mean look I I talk to a lot of authors uh, a lot of authors you know on uh, on Twitter and Facebook and here and there they run into me and uh, and some of them want marketing help and I actually might uh, help some people once Patriots is actually out um, and, and I I tell them though that I mean I'm I'm really busy with with this right now. Uh, I, I have to. I still have a few more days writing to to finish it, and uh, and I have to put it out, and I have to do this whole process. Uh, but I think that I I have learned some things that would help people. But I'm astounded, not just that I could help somebody, but I'm astounded that people know as little as they do and yet and yet they're going ahead to 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 release their ebook in other words they don't they don't quite grasp the the size of of the slush pile that they're entering and they also don't grasp the the size of the machine that they need to engage to, to get themselves out of it. They, they they need to know both things and um uh, and they don't. It is staggering, though. I mean, it's 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 staggering, and their reach, their worldwide reach is, as you mentioned, I saw a, a map of them. I saw a map. I, I saw a couple of maps of of uh, of the the reach of uh, certain media companies that used to be like computer companies, uh, and it started with Apple. Uh, Apple sells music. Pretty much all over the world. If you take a look at a at a world map and, and Apple is blue, then most of the world is blue. And 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 even Amazon doesn't come close in terms of music distribution to uh, to to Apple. I, I, I mean, Steve Jobs just I, I mean he he's he just must have been a master in those boardrooms because he was cutting deals all over the place. And 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 Apple just covers covers the world with uh, with music, but. When it comes to books it's amazon if if If, if books were read uh, we're doing a political thing now uh, if if books were read you're looking at a, a whole red world of Amazon, and nobody comes close to that, even apple with with all the music distribution they they never got as far with books. I think they 're going to try and play catch up, but there's there's still a distant a distant number two the biggest company in the world is a distant number two. To, to Amazon. Amazon has really got it locked up, and this is this is extraordinary. I mean, the, the, the secondary channels now. Assuming you achieve a certain a level of of uh, uh, of sales with your book, which I'm certainly hoping for. I, I would like to stay in business. I rather like this. You know, I, I like writing. I, I like talking to you. I, I like I like the interaction with with people. I really do. I I, I like being a little sales. But I haven't even talked about the book. Who cares about the book? Let's talk. Let's talk. The marketing is exciting. I get excited about the marketing. is why it took me so long to, to release the book. I, 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 like, I like doing this. And the, the potential of, of the secondary channels then after you've, after you've started this this engine, this Amazon engine, is astounding. I mean, I haven't even talked about well, what happens after you want to, to translate it into, into Spanish, which is probably the first thing you would do, and then Chinese. And she uh, wins. I mean, you, you've got all this distribution in place, ready to go. All you need is 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 a decent translation. Um, maybe you would hire. This is where you might start getting into hire, hiring um, uh local PR firms or or even even a local publisher to 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 show for you overseas. That's where you might do it. I I wouldn't do it for. I mean, me personally, I'm my own publisher here in the United States, and I could probably handle. You know, Great Britain too, but but for for China or, or for Brazil, uh, places that I think you just need boots in the ground. Really, I I, I think you really do. But uh, the potential to use Amazon in those areas is um, is is just is just huge. I mean, I, I and and a lot of a lot of our uh, authors uh, seem to resent it. They they uh, will will talk about you being an Amazon show, and well, you know. This is the machine that I have. This is the tool that I have. I mean, there's always people to complain. You know, when when I started writing on on a computer, well, it, it, this was back in the day, and people say hey, you couldn't, you can't write a decent book except on a typewriter. And I guess before there were typewriters, you, you had to use a quill
1: pen. Yeah, and and uh, I think probably the things that people are saying about oh, you're a Amazon show. Uh, they they probably said that same sort of thing about large quote unquote big publishing houses when they were first on the scene um because it was much the same way, so well, if you didn't have that that you know um uh, but it does i think open it more for um uh, you know you you now if you're just an author and the marketing thing doesn't turn you on you need to find somebody that knows how this machine works and get them to go to work for you and uh, that's where some of these self-publishing houses can come in is cuz you know e- even if they didn't know when they started now they've got 40 books they've put through the mill they've seen it work it's hard not to know what they do but um but they do it, amazon itself has so many things I have recently discovered their uh audiobook creation exchange they call it a c x and um it's uh, for authors and you got a book and you want to make it available as an audio book too uh, okay, so how do you do that okay well, let's see you go find a uh uh, Hollywood star and you talk to their agent and you, oh, well, no, 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 that's not going to happen n- unless you're somebody, your book's already big. Um, and the, the ACX, they can go on and find folks like me and they can, uh, there are narrators on there that only work if you pay them X amount, but the narrators and the authors have the choice of Splitting the audiobook proceeds fifty fifty if they wish and 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 then you get somebody a narrator that's willing to take a chance on it either because they just want to get their voice out there so they can put something down and say i'm I did these five books um, whatever their motivation is you you can get a team effort going and uh, uh I of course haven't done any projects yet, but I've already been. Uh, approached by someone and i just uh i looked at their project and 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 the sample of the book they sent and it wasn't something i was going to attach my name to um but it, that's amazing to me i don't even have but i think one sample or two samples up, and and their clips from the radio show i didn't even like grab a piece of a poem or something and read it or a book. I just put up a couple of clips of the radio show uh, promos like the intro promo there, the little intro tag so that people could hear my voice.
2: It's I, amazing
1: what they have, a, you know, things that you used to have to have a publisher to have access to. Right.
2: Uh, and, you know, I, I don't mean to, uh, I, I'm not looking to demean these uh, self publishing houses. Actually, I, I can really appreciate the the work they must do. I just don't, I just don't know them. and, And also because I had some marketing background, I I wanted doing it myself. And you know, like I said, no one's going to do it quite like you, you know. But I I know a lot of people who who could use the help. And uh, and I I I guess I should familiarize myself with uh, some of these guys, and so I can point people in in the right direction because I'm too busy.
1: I I I, well, if you're too busy, then there certainly there are now much like that slush pile of books every year, there's a slush pile of self-publishing houses because it doesn't take diddle squat to start one. Uh, and and they may or may not have any, you know, if all they're doing is talking to you about your book layout and stuff and they're not talking about the marketing at all, you're I don't understand why you're going with them uh, because you can do all of that yourself. Uh, Amazon, you know, Create space, Lulu, you got a gazillion routes you can go as an author to get that part of it, the mechanical part of it. It's the marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, like that famous old election thing some years ago and it's the economy stupid. It's with this it's the it's the marketing.
2: It really uh, is.
1: And uh I used to tell uh I was an instructor uh for Keller Williams University about websites and internet and technology and real estate and and, uh, boy, you go out there and you find you somebody's been out of real estate school for six months. So they got them a website and they have paid some money to get it. And it's pretty. It is gorgeous. It's flashy. It's got all the latest bells, buzzers, and whistles. And they've had 10 visits in the last 90 days. And I used to tell him, I said, that's like building the best billboard in the world out in the center of the Sahara Desert. I'm afraid so. And it doesn't matter cuz nobody sees it it doesn't matter if it's a good billboard it doesn't matter if it's a good service it doesn't matter none of that matters
2: yeah you're you're uh, better with, with a a halfway sort of a, a website that's on blogger but but you're getting you know it's five figures you know of of uh, traffic every every month that's that's better cuz at least people know who you are right
1: and and they're seeing it and um uh and of course, that's it. That works its way into the market once that's a, the fact. Enough people begin to suss it out. But this is still, to me, a very nascent thing. This uh, uh, democratization of publishing, uh, yeah. where where folks are still doing a little of the going at it and finding and discovering, you know. And but but listening to what you've said and listening to friends that are authors and listening to friends that uh, that do. Uh, publishing uh, services for other people. Uh, you've you've got the recipe down quite well, sir. So I think you're going to do well with your book. But on that note, I want to hear about this book. Uh, and because I'm a sci-fi guy from way back, uh, you know, one of the first accomplishments I was ever proud of was that I could do the Vulcan thing with my hand. And um,
2: now, you're talking about the, the hands who so the long and prosper. You're not yeah, talking-
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Not the pinch thing. No, I hadn't learned that yet. <laughs> Although, I, I've wished for it more than once.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, I thought we'd take a little break and uh, uh, fill up the coffee and all that kind of good stuff, play some music for the, uh, for the folks out there, and uh, then let's uh, come back and hear a little bit about the Patriots of Mars and uh, – and why somebody wouldn't want to download it besides that it's free. I mean what what do you got to lose? But uh, uh nothing ventured something gained. But um uh I've got some I've got some listeners that are real good about writing reviews and stuff. So I want to hear about this book a little bit and uh uh so will I don't know what to I don't know what kind of music goes with the Patriots of Mars, so I guess we'll just uh, we we'll have a peace prayer and nah. Um,
2: you know, you know the, the the music that I thought went with it, but it probably doesn't, and you probably don't have it. Is uh, Leonard Cohen's uh, uh, "Waiting for the Miracle"? If you do the plot, you would <laughs> probably,
1: probably so. But but since I don't know the plot yet, and we're going to learn it after we come back, then maybe I can play a better one in the meanwhile. But um, uh, I'm going to play a song uh, from Elijah and the Band of Light, uh, the group's name, and uh, the song is just called "I Love Being Here" because I can always say that when I'm here on the radio with uh, with all of our family and friends and uh, and these in- incredible guests that just appear. We, we, we really don't plan this stuff, folks. It's, nobody believes us when we sell them that. Well, we don't. we don't plan any of this stuff. We just make it up as we go along. So here's I Love Being Here. We'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks. And now a word from our sponsors.
3: The life of a creator can be challenging without the support of a loving family. When your inner child calls, will you have the courage to answer? If you're looking for a safe place to play in the artistic energy of life, a place where you can be embraced for all the beauty that you naturally hold within, then the Inner Child family is the perfect place for you. A safe haven for artists, poets, and musicians, this uniquely accepting group of individuals is waiting to welcome you with open arms. Be it support that you seek, publishing assistance, or just a fun, friendly place to hang your virtual hat, you've found a second home in Inner Child. Go home to IamInnerChild.com Are you looking for answers, clarity and relief? Are you seeking resolution to the issues in your life that are leaving you feeling confused, upset and out of control? Are you experiencing the same situation over and over again? Are you ready to move forward and let go of what no longer works? Or is your mission to bridge the gap between human and animal allowing for the relationship between you and your companion to deepen and flourish? With the help of the gentle guiding hand of Akashic Visionary and animal communicator Inez Martin, you can find the answers that you are looking for. Open your heart to the possibilities by visiting Inez at VisionaryLifeConsultant.com.
1: And now for some irregularly scheduled music. when that happens. Song gets over with and I start to blabber and we're on mute. It's... Rah. <laughs> Technical difficulties. It's just that we have several songs I don't know why you'd think I'd quit playing them but that just end. No warning. It just sounds like it's going to go on for another f- I thought it was going to end at, uh, at like a, two minutes ago almost. I freaked out and thought I was late and then now I didn't freak out when I should have freaked out. Man. So, the Patriots of Mars, and the the this is a first in a in a series or a trilogy or.
2: I think five.
1: And uh, so it's something about the God that failed, or. Yes. Well, it, it, yeah, it, it, the God that failed. From this. <laughs> tell us, or, a, tell us a little bit about what's what in the world's going on, or what in the off the world's going on.
2: Well, um, of course, it, it, it's it's a, a bit misleading to have a god that fails because I don't think any you know <clears throat> any uh, real god would would fail. I, I think that you're something less than a god if you actually fail, and um, the idea of the god that failed. Uh, I remember from uh, uh, when I was a kid uh, there was a book called the God that failed and this was about uh, communism <clears throat> but as I got older and I actually wound up reading the book which was my father's uh, I realized that communism wasn't really a God at all because you react a certain way towards a God and, and, uh, communism was was just uh, an ideology it was uh, a political process it was uh, uh, a habit, uh, a way of life, but it wasn't a god. Uh, and the god that failed is not uh, a real god either. But it, it, but it comes a lot closer to the, the definition. Uh, and I think that there are things that we expect from our gods. I I, I think that we we are inclined to have gods. I think we've always been inclined to have gods and and to have a certain relationship with these gods. And we want stuff from from these gods. We we want the gods to uh, uh, make sure that the crops come in. Uh, We want the gods to make sure that we win when we go into battle. Uh, We want the gods to make us uh, prosperous and to live a long time and in fact you know
1: we want the gods to smile upon us
2: we, we want the gods to you know yeah smile and and uh, and to do the right thing because you know hey you know just without us you know where are you you know that's that's, that's the way we feel about about gods uh, so there is a god I, I don't uh i don't want to say too much about what the god is but you know trust me there's a god and uh and you would recognize this god uh, because this is a god that we have now and uh and but this is a god that also fails uh and uh, uh cannot be relied upon uh, uh beyond a certain point point. and this is something that they they discover uh they also discover that um man doesn't live by bread alone as as it were uh that even though Mars is a means to an end in this book, and I think it actually will become a means to an end because I think we're just going to run out of stuff in this world. And I think when we do run out of stuff, it will be just about the time that we find a way that it becomes commercially viable to go to Mars. And, uh, and then we will, and we will go to Mars, and we will gather stuff from Mars that we need and ship it back to earth and and grab stuff from other parts of space and maybe process it on Mars and bring it to earth. But um, like I said, man doesn't live by by bread alone. And those people who are living on Mars will want more for themselves in their particular situation uh, than just to serve people on earth or even to make money, which they hope to, to spend someday, and uh, and they will want their own rights, and they will discover what those rights are, and this is something that they will have to fight for, and uh, this is the nature of what it is about. But but you wind up discovering this a uh, uh, piece at a time. It starts out with the problems that uh, a boy who is born on Mars has. Uh, because he is on Mars, and because he's a special boy, and uh, and so he has problems, and he worries about the problems of Mars, and the po- problems of Mars seem insolvable because we are faced with big governments and um, and uh, big forces that are outsized what we want to deal with as as human beings this is something that we actually talked about a little bit before the program in terms of uh, uh, politics that uh, the founding fathers expected that we would have uh, gentlemen farmers and people like that who would go to office for a little while and and just serve like a term of of duty for their fellow man and then and then withdraw instead of having professional politicians well I kind of took that trend of professional politicians and extended it uh, and, and 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 brought it to its, its natural conclusion where you know you do in fact have a, a ruling class and, and this is what we wind up with we still elect them because we're used to electing people but it doesn't even really I mean it's it's a joke, and people feel like it's 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 rather a farce now, because oh,
3: yeah,
2: are electing people, or did Monsanto you know decide who you could select some big legal firm or c b s or you know whoever it is who's paying the bills, probably
1: judge uh, well, and they talk about the right and the left or, or are they just puppets on the right and left hand of the same beast uh, Is what a lot of people have come to the conclusion of, and there's uh there's a lot of truth in that because the amount of money it takes to get elected president of this country you have to take the big corporate money to get elected yeah. and and then you know afterwards these people are going to call upon you and you know you, you if you want to get reelected you got to have to respond <laughs> and uh uh that's why i'm really fond of I, second-term presidents because they can't run again. (laughs) Right, right, right. And so maybe they will express a real opinion as opposed to a weighed-calculated, you know, how far can I go before I tick off enough contributors that I can't win again because I want to win again because I want to make a difference or whatever is their reasoning, you know. But um, it's very interesting. I I kind of got the feeling that there were some issues that – that we deal with around here that we're going on up there. I'm, it's one of the things I like about sci-fi. You can talk about the issues of the day without, uh, we, and maybe divorce a little of the emotion from it yes. in people's minds because it's not us, it's them. It's somewhere else. It's in the future. It's so well, never mind
2: and back, back in the 50s and 60s. And I'm sorry to interrupt you and I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. No, no, please this is a, this is a big subject for me because uh, a lot of people uh lately that I've run into are kind of nostalgic for what's being termed uh, the golden age of science fiction which they're they're kind of uh, describing as the the fifties and sixties and you're talking about your Arthur Clarke's and uh uh your uh, isaac asimov's and and a kind of fiction that you're describing which Seems to have died. Uh, we're now in an era where we're stuck on Star Wars and we're stuck on Star Trek, and I, I know that people find meaning in these things. But uh, and you know I like them. You know, I, hey, I, I like a good entertainment, and you know I'm I'm as fond as a, a lightsaber is is just about anybody. You know, but the the, the fact is that. It's it's a little hard to relate uh, compared with uh, I don't know Charonite four four five one or, or something like that where they're talking about something that that yeah you know you can you can see us getting to a point where you know they're burning books not that you know that's not it doesn't mean what it used to be I mean you can me- melt a Kindle now you know
1: you know yeah, but you don't even have to b- bother burning the books if you can just get people to not read them
2: right right. Uh, so, uh, but 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 the the fact is that the, the science fiction used to be, yeah, you know, a, a vehicle to express something. Uh, during the uh, atomic age, when everyone was afraid, uh, it was used a lot. You, know, you got the 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 stood still and stuff like that, uh, where people got to express their fears. Uh, the man with the X-ray eyes. Where uh, you know people were asking, uh, can we can we have technology and 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 deal with it? Can we still be humans? Uh, is there such a thing as going too far? You know the whole the whole Frankenstein thing. You know just just what's too far and what's not too far. We don't we don't deal with the issues of what's what's too far, what's not too far anymore, but we still have issues to deal with. And so what I did was. I took a lot of things that uh, we see today and I did what they used to do on the Sopranos, which was I I built a a template uh, with the the arcs of these ideas and where these ideas were going. And so if we've got a certain kind of government today, then what kind of government are we going to have in 200 years? If we've got a, a certain kind of drugs today, What kind of drugs will people be using in 200 years? And if people are so bent on escapism today, what are they going to do in 200 years when the devices, when the the, the smartphones and the drugs and the various things that you can take to escape are so much more seductive than they are today and so much more pervasive? What what are they going to be like when we really are all connected, not just through, through Facebook and so on, but when we're wearing it in, in Patriots, uh, there's two things going on. You've got a, like a belt or an item of clothing that you wear on your skin. And this tells the, the, the big machine. This tells mom where you are. Now, you can take it off if you want to. People don't necessarily take it off, but you can. And then you've got the implant that, that helps your vision. Or if you're a luddite, you can wear glasses. But but what this does was this this enables you to have um, well, you might call it a, a richer experience uh, thanks to the the, the big machine in, in in the cloud. And and this affects our interactions as well. I I don't want to be
1: too specific like that because yeah yeah, don't give away too much. But but it takes hours. <laughs> you talk about the the what kind of drugs in the you know they're working hard on coming up with an electronic with electronic interfaces for our brains um uh, you know initially they want fighter pilots to be able to control airplanes with their brains well whatever drives the technology it, uh, you know a lot of technology we have was driven by the moon program but um they're working on these things that that could end up with immersive experiences that would stimulate all your senses you might have trouble di- you know, differentiating. And so you go lay in a machine like, and, and be somewhere else. Well, boy, that's, you talk about escapism. Yeah. Anyway.
2: um, Yes. Yeah. I, I extrapolated all these, all these ideas from, from where we are now to where we might be. And, and then this started to suggest the plot. Then I, I developed a, uh, the, the characters uh, that would uh, sort of uh, best allow me to express uh, these ideas that we were that this, these paths that we were following and that these paths would have to reach a, a, path, a, a point of disruption that the, the God would have to fail uh, in order for things to begin to change. And these are these are large uh, concepts, but uh, I think that it's probably time that we got away from the pretty pure escapism of, of Star Trek and Star Wars and the, the kinds of things that uh, that dominate our science fiction, the, the dystopian thing where, you know, everything is so dramatic and we've all gone to hell. We don't know how, but we have, you know. And we'll, we'll probably have to kill somebody for a gallon of gasoline. You know, but I, I, I don't think that things will get to that point. I think, and, and, and people want drama in this. Here's the thing. Dystopia is so seductive to so many authors because it, it offers such an, an easy path to drama. Well, what if things aren't that bad? Then, then where's the path to drama? Well, you know, we'll we'll have steampunk. We'll go we'll back to to to, to, to uh, just Dickens in and, and England and, and Sherlock Holmes and we'll we'll gather up some of that fashion and and, and, and and create science fiction out of it. Well that's that's fun, that's a novelty. But that, that doesn't relate to where we're at now. That doesn't inform us, that doesn't that doesn't help us see where we're going. And this is something that uh the people the as a kid. Wanted to do uh, Isaac Asimov wanted to to help us see where where we were heading and uh, I, I think that's that's useful and and I, I think it's it's important not that I'm important or or that the book is important but but I, I think it makes getting up in the morning worthwhile and going back to to work on on the book worthwhile and. And even you know starting for a few years putting thing together, you know, and he makes that worthwhile. And anyway, if nothing else, it, it's at least different.
1: I mean, I, I do well, but you've got a good point. The the quote unquote golden age of sci fi. They some people have talked about them as almost being the prophets of sci fi because a lot of what they talked about has come to pass. And but like you said, they they began from a premise of, okay, this is where we are today. If I just took this out to its logical ends, it's going to be this ridiculous thing. So I'm going to write about that. and And then often that is, you know, people say, well, you know, 1984, we weren't quite, you know, like it was in the book. Well, sometimes I think the value of Prophecy, whether you want to call it the, the classical definition or just somebody estimating where we're going to be in 200 years, is it gives you a chance to look and go, well, now wait a minute, I'm not so sure I want to go there. <laughs> and, um, and is often the uh, you know, uh, you, you, you get some Arthur C. Clarke where maybe he's writing about things the way he thinks they ought to be, but if you look at his whole 2000 series if you get past just 2001 which seems a little idyllic um you know the russians and the americans are having spats and it's all going to hell and you know uh but if you look at when he wrote that that sure looked like a good possibility and um uh, and i think that this you know venturing out to find resources uh and then those people that are there feeding the resources how are they when do they become citizens and when do they get rights and and uh i mean that was colonies all over the this planet um and you know people say oh well we're we're past that well yeah we ought to be past a lot of things that we're not past but you know <laughs> Uh, what were we? We were talking about politics earlier. We, 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 There's a lot of things we ought to be past but um, uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson said, you know, where's the where's the scientists? Where's the yeah. you know? And 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 I've said for many years that somebody that was really very talented and well qualified to set some priorities for us as a nation it, in today's press. Piranha pool, they wouldn't jump in. They just wouldn't. Or, or you know, they're really good, but they've got one or two skeletons in their closet. So the party just tells them, "We can't. You won't make it past the press," and that's just ridiculous. You know, uh, Benjamin Franklin was a playboy, (laughs) but he was a smart fella too. You know, and I. So what? He was a playboy. The ladies in France loved him. Good for him. <laughs> you know. Um I
2: would be there taking notes.
1: But um, you know, what 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 are they gonna do about this, that, or the other thing, you know? And and and, and it, it it's uh I think it's a grand way to be able to sort of experiment. And you know, we've had this wave of the law of attraction stuff and on this show we talk about it sometimes positively and sometimes negatively because like a lot of things it it can get taken the wrong way and these people end up in a Pollyanna world or something where they well they can't if they think something negative well, I'll have a negative result. But uh, you gotta be you gotta be aware of where you are and the, to me the part about creating your reality is is not that you get stuck in outcome and live off in the future somewhere, but but you gotta kinda look and see, you know well if i if i do this then that'll open up doors for me to be able to do that um and you get to decide then which is that, is that the direction that i want to go you can't know the exact details of the but you can get a feel for the direction and 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 just like a big ship some very minor changes today can make huge changes in what's going on down the road
2: yeah, I think that I I think that um I mean certainly at least the science fiction writer of of uh you know Arthur Clarke's day or you know those guys uh they felt that what they had to do was have a foot in in reality here and and it, now today if you're writing um you know Star Wars stuff or you know that kind of thing uh, it, it's a lot more fantastical. Uh, and even even the ones that try and reflect reality, it's often a very, very shallow reality. Like they took, for instance, the, the day the earth stood still and they remade it with Keanu Reeves. And it, it all became about like ecology and, and that we weren't treating the planet right. And that, that, that just, it seemed like such a, a tired theme to, to lay on that great movie. And I, I felt like it was a, a, kind of an insult. And I think that we do that a lot now. We, we don't have grand themes uh, with, with a lot of these films. We have short-term contemporary snack food themes.
1: That, yeah, uh, that don't yeah be- it's potato chips. Yeah, it is. it really is.
2: It's potato chips for the soul.
1: And 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 look, I like you said. There's a place for a delightful fantasy. I still read books that I, I'm reading that particular book for no other reason than I just kind of want to go away for a little while, you know, little mental vacation to the Bahamas or whatever. But you you, you 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 know, it's like a chocolate bar. I like a good chocolate bar, but you can't live on chocolate alone. Better not. You got to get some nutrition in there somewhere, and uh, you know I, I I hesitate to call it intelligent science fiction because uh, many of these fantasy writers that create complete universes that that follow rules and things that's that's brilliance, um, you know. But even you know it, a great example would be the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy and and the Hobbit and you know quite the world with. Relations between these tribes and beings, and but again, he was talking in, to some extent about the distress that he felt over World War One. Yeah, and uh, when there is more investment than uh, you know, some of this stuff is formulaic. You know, where we're, we're going to have. Uh, a Galactic Empire and a something something and they're going to come to blows and they're going to, alright, now let's put names to all these planets and these things and, and and flesh out the details. That's, that may be a good recipe for coming up with a TV show or a movie that's going to be a hit but it's, it is not to me an expression, a, creator, a, a a an expression from the author's mind and heart and soul of, you know hey, this is kind of where I see this going and I'm not sure that's a good idea. What do you think? Or or this is where it could go and I think it is a good idea. What do you think? You know, because there's both kinds uh of science fiction that have been written. But um but they're often a bit cautionary because everything has its dark and light side, so to speak. Every coin has heads and tails. So where can where can folks go? I know you're just really ramping up your uh marketing, but um I know that there's a uh, a blog at blogspot and an about me page and you've got a couple of notes on Facebook that talk about it. Uh where would people best go to find out more about Patriots of Mars? Uh
2: I think I think the, the best thing to do right now is to go to that about me page and uh I have to say that um uh, I, I wish that page was more intuitive. Uh, I didn't realize when I went to them to uh, use their uh, uh, their tools uh, that it's rather difficult to navigate that page, but it really is a good page. And uh, so the only thing I, 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 I want to say about that is that you have to use your um, control or command and, and plus or minus to enlarge or, or, or reduce that page uh, because it never comes up the right size. And I uh, – yeah, I swear it wasn't that way when I started it. <laughs> it's now.
1: That's it's one of those fun parts about the internet is it's it looked great before I put it up there. And I, you're right, I had to control minus to, to 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 get it all where I could see it. But
2: I that's that's something that I've I've got to correct probably by putting it somewhere else or doing it some other way or getting somebody who knows a touch more about uh HTML than uh, than I do. Uh, but what I thought I would do is I would uh, just send you a, a couple of links that you would put on the uh, the page with the... Uh,
1: Absolutely. We will have an archive that uh, will be up probably sometime tomorrow as I try to get it up before the next show. Uh, I used to always do them the night of the show because I had Jean around to slave drive me, but now even when she shows up to talk, I don't have that. She's doing what I think is grand. She just shows up and talks and then goes away. <laughs> and um uh but it it, it works really well because when she shows up, she hasn't really. I've kind of looked at people's history to see whether they're going to be a fit for the show, and and she doesn't know a she doesn't know a thing about them. Maybe the little squib that I've put up, and we're pretty limited what we can put up on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, so she's good at bringing the audience's point of view in. Of, of I don't have a clue, and what you just said made me think of this question. Uh, whereas I kind of I I kind of know where I want to go before the show but then that's not where we end up going. I wanted to talk about marketing and self-publishing and and the book and and we might even talk about Sandy and we've left Sandy completely off the page, which is good, I think. Um and uh talked about marketing for longer than the book, but hey, cool. Um uh,
2: is, is is interesting, and I think that it has it has value to um, maybe a different group than the uh, the book itself uh, has value to.
1: Absolutely, and um, uh, that's the thing. Whatever I plan, we always end up going uh, really great places and having fantastic information. And you've certainly provided us with that this evening. Uh, I want to thank you for coming and spending your time with us. Uh, particularly, you know. As I said on the promo I put up earlier today, somewhere between the front lines of Superstorms, Sandy and the back rooms of Mars, stands Jeff Ferrier. <clears throat> Not sure what day it is, but he's here on the radio. And uh, Because I, we had Hurricane Ike down here, and, and uh, it was a while before there was any normalcy going on. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm glad that you got your your power and everything in line so that you could. And um, and I will remind folks, you know, whether they responded as fast as they should to of every little neighborhood that the Red Cross is all over the place up there, and they are feeding people best that they can. Um, you've got John Bon Jovi with his restaurant up there, and it's served, you know, six to nine hundred lunches and dinners a day. Uh, and they're running them out to people that need them and, and to some of the first responders. So that you've got a lot of ways that you can give through your time or through your money um uh, you can always if you don't not sure what to do you can always go with the red cross and just you know tell them it's for this they got plenty of ways for you to do that um uh, so i want to thank uh again and uh, you know mention our love for our podcast and archive listeners because you are legion and uh and we love each and every one of you we uh See, this is where Gene's supposed to be here to ask me who's coming, and I don't know (laughs) because I don't have the calendar up because nobody asked me who's coming. Where's the thing? Um, We have Mercedes Kirkle coming on Thursday, and then we have Dr. Coy Cross coming on Tuesday. uh, Talk about your university-published authors who then – his wife got cancer, and so he wrote a book about that. And uh, Mercedes Kirkle that'll be here on Thursday – has uh, a book on Mary Magdalene. So, uh, and you know how much fun we have with that. Grave Distractions Publishing is all about that. Uh, He started the company to help other people, but also so he could publish all of his books with his research on some of the interesting things that go in the back halls. But we will have links up on the archive at everydayconnection.me. Of course, you can find us on iTunes. Just search for Everyday Connection Radio. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you again, Jeff, for hanging out and, uh, and keep us updated on the release so I can put up a link for everybody when the book goes live and, uh, uh, and pass that around because we want to be sure and promote it. It sounds like a fantastic, a fantastic adventure.
2: Yeah. You can put up uh, an affiliate link on your, uh, on your site.
1: Beautiful. All right. Well, folks, uh, Okay, The two most famous lines of the show are Jane's, and she's not here. So uh, join us on Thursday. And until then, stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everyday connection think you might miss an episode no problem subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for everyday connection radio subscriptions are free just like your everyday connection